Welcome to the McCovey Croncast. I'm Brian Murphy. I'm Doug Brizzoni. It's Friday, February 5th, and we have with us Dan Zimborski of ESPN. He is the creator of the Zips Projection System, founder of Baseball Think Factory, and he's a BBWAA member, Sabre member, and he is the 2016 Murray Chase Chass Target. There's a lot more time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All year to go. But I mean, that was that was Murray Chass's first post of the year, and he just he he picked a guy, and he went he just guns blazing. So (laughs) I I was absolutely honored because he actually spent some of his blog entry discussing his Hall of Fame vote. He spent the majority of it complaining about me. So. I mean, I know his time isn't valuable anymore, uh, but I still appreciate him spending it some of it with me. Uh, first things first, though, you know this is a Giants podcast, right? Yeah, I, I assume that. That'd be really weird. If how would I not know that? I, I mean, I, I stalked McCovey Chronicles for for ten years, so how would I be not aware of this one at of, all? One of the stealth great posters in the history of the site. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you summoned me. I mean, I'm not doing this blindly. I don't have a, a script that responds for me. I mean, that's a lot of work and a lot more programming skill than I have. Oh, sure, sure. For those listening, uh, Dan has been on the McCovey Chronicles site for years and years and years. He might actually be uh, a pers- like a, a dark persona of our own Grant Brisby, for all I know. You've been with the site for so long. You could just be Grant, for all I know. It, it is possible. I, I've known Grant for for nearly twenty years. Oh my he was gosh! One of, he was one of those old Usenet people. And that's where I come from too. So maybe this has been set up for a long time. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're better at paint than he is. <laughs> that, yes. that that's pretty insulting because I shouldn't be better than anybody at paint because people <laughs> are like, "Wow, you can paint in the style of a five year old so well." I'm like. You know, if you gave me a, a, a tablet and a pen, that's exactly how I would draw. It's that—that's my artistic <laughs> skill. It's not faux anything. Oh come on, your coloring in paint would is far better than what you could do with pencil. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't, I don't use the fill thing too. Oh, often. You, that's, oh, that's yeah. cheating. <laughs> I, I, I use a mouse. I, I push a button down, and I try to use fine motor control <laughs> to make the beautiful I, childlike creations. I admire your work ethic. You, you should not admire my work ethic. I am the laziest man on earth. I will lose things in my office, and instead of trying to find it, I will buy a new one. Oh my god! <laughs> I lost my like. I lost one of my laptop chargers in my house. I couldn't find it anywhere, uh, so I just got a different one. But is your is your warehouse like? The pretzel factory that Millhouse bought? Is that how big your office is? Like <laughs> or, or like walk us through the Zimborski office. Is it just Well, you know? I, I have uh, in, in, in my basement I have a large room which I use as my office. <laughs> okay. But it's my basement because I'm an adult stat head. That's right. Okay. So I'm living in my basement. It's always you're always more of an adult when you loudly declare, I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I have a great office. It's it's next to a laundry room, which is always, you know, that's 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 the classiest thing to be right next to the laundry room because you can get up from what you're working and you can put socks in the wash. 
Yeah, and you you've got fabric your fabric softener scent adjacent, which is always yes, nice. you can. You always uh, there's always the wafting of Snuggle. So that's right. That's right. We're actually generic Snuggle, whatever the store is, because <laughs> I'm not paying for something with a with a soft bear on it because I don't really care. He, <laughs> he's not. He, yeah, he has no influence on the on the chemical makeup of this fabric softener. I, I think generic Snuggle is just called High Five. It's far less intimate than Snuggle. It's just like that. <laughs> uh, I have I have uh, three large televisions in my office. Uh, nice to to peruse baseball. Not that I enjoy baseball. It's my work, so it's something I have to do. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This You're is this is all work stuff. Yeah, that's right. So you, you can't bother me because I'm working. Uh, yeah, I have, uh, I guess it's 258 inches and a 47 inch. Uh, so they're good for baseball. And my office has a lot of uh, junk and some plates and some dishes and some forks. Wait, what, are, what were the sizes of your TV again? Uh, I believe two or 58, and I forget. Okay. One, I think it's 47 or 48 right. or something. All right, good. I was going to say, like, oh, you, you they're all under four, 50 inches? You're really missing the... Uh, High definition quality if it's under fifty inches. So well, they're only they're only they're only ten eighty p. There's there's no fancy four k. You don't uh, need four k yet. It's okay. Yeah, but I like to be an earlier adopter. It makes me feel like I'm special and important. <laughs> so then, should I start hopping on this this uh, video game train? Then that you're on the uh, was it the Hearthstone? Hearthstone. This Heartstone. is good. Yeah. Dan, I am. I I feel like I'm 77 years old when talking about video games now. Uh, but Hunter Pence, Giants player, is extraordinarily into it. And so, what you are like the only person I know who could communicate in Hunter Pence's alien language. Like you know a dialect of his alien language. This is great. What is he doing? Well, well, it's. Did you ever play Magic? I am aware I of magic. Okay, I, I play magic. <laughs> okay, well, Hearthstone is a uh, – it's kind of a simpler magic, but it's played on a computer. Uh, the, uh, the people that play – one of the jokes about Hearthstone is it's called wizard poker. Because in a lot of ways – because that's what it is. In a lot of ways, it's, it's like magic, like crossed with some of the, the randomness of poker. So it's uh, like a bluff, a curse, or a spell. It's like <laughs> well, there's spells and there's and there's creatures. You're essentially trying to make the other guy lose all his health and and die and explode. So it's like life. Yeah, just okay. like I mean, right. I'm always right. trying to make people explode. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. I think I don't have the tools. Okay, so that's that's what he's. It, People who play this game are healthy. Like Hunter Pence is not hiding bodies under his apartment or whatever. He's like, this is all good stuff. I don't well, know. Well, he's healthy <laughs> because he plays baseball and he's physically healthy. Uh, but which is not if, that is yeah, not a key to being a great baseball player, as we all yeah think. yeah <laughs> you, you you should be in at least some kind of shape. Uh, even even uh, certain even Pablo Sandoval is probably in better shape than the average hardcore gamer is. Um, <laughs> but no, right. lo- lots of people play. Uh, I mean, Hunter Pence plays. Uh, Kevin Goldstein of the Houston Astros, he plays Hearthstone. Uh, I just did an interview with Daniel Negreanu. I don't know if you're into poker, but he plays Hearthstone. There's there's a lot of, of closet Hearthstone players. Well, and, and Doug, you've played before? I, I played Magic when I was in, you know, middle school. All right. So I, I'm kind of familiar with the basics of how those kinds of games work, if not the specifics of Hearthstone itself. 
So now, now there's a league of this, like a professional league. Am I well? Tracking well, most this well, pretty much nowadays with with the uh, the advent of, of streaming and and larger just larger amounts of money in esports. There's there's a competitive scene along most of these popular sports well, esports that have you know strong competitive bases to work with, uh, like you know League of Legends and and Dota two and and the first person shooters and Hearthstone. And Magic never really got a lot of, of, of traction online because Magic's online client is a little like renewing your license. It's, it's really just that bad. Uh, so Hearthstone's kind of got a little place in the market. And there, there's big prizes. The, the prize pool at BlizzCon for Hearthstone is a is million dollars. So uh, someone's going to make some good money. So we're, well, I guess what I'm getting at is there's a chance the Giants could lose Hunter Pence to professional Hearthstoning. Is this that's what I'm hearing? No, I so. think his de- I think his decline as a baseball player would probably be at the rate that that the Hearthstone money wouldn't actually move him from baseball. Right. Even if he was the champion of the world, which I don't think he is cuz I've seen the champion and he's not Hunter Pence. Looks really different. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the, the champion Pence could all change the, pros, the game. I'm I'm older than all the pros are essentially. Uh, How does I mean, that feel? <laughs> it feels weird. I mean, I'm still among one of the younger baseball writers. Now I'm older than most of the baseball players at this point. Still, some players older than me, but I'm 37, so I'm I'm still relatively young for a baseball writer. I mean, if I'm 95 and prone and I can hold a keyboard, they'll just keep having me write things because that's how being a baseball writer seems to work. I mean. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, your your tweets aren't largely about Bruce Springsteen concert concerts either. So you're considerably younger compared to other baseball writers. Yeah, but but among the esports guys, like the first person shooters, they're uh, the peak age is like 22 for that. I mean, that's brutal. I mean, we're talking 27 for baseball. That's 22. You're washed up at 25 essentially. But you don't you don't wash up like an aging curve. You wash up with like a lo- a life curve, right? You're like, oh man, I gotta pay rent, or I'm in love <laughs> with this woman and I want to start a family, and then you have to like walk away. Is that what it essentially comes down to? No, I I think you're especially in some of the games where the reflexes count. It it, it is, and it's also kind of funny how we got here because you notice it's a baseball podcast talking with baseball writer about video games well you're also a video game writer and one of the giants plays video games i feel like and he's very famous for it i've watched his twitch channel for like 10 minutes going like i have no idea what's going on so i'm like homer i'm homer watching twin peaks so well i have really easy media credentials now so i'll i'll, I'll find my way to clubhouse and just talk some more stuff with it probably yeah exactly that's i think that's a great in um Oh, uh, so but this gets me back to a baseball question then, because you ah. mentioned you mentioned aging out or feeling you are older than uh, a lot of the actual other I am. players. I, but I was wondering when did you do you or you and Doug? Do you guys remember the first baseball player whose age, be, you know, being younger than you, made you realize your own mortality or realize like, oh, I'm getting older? Because for me, it was Carl Crawford recognizing how amazing he was and I was like two years older than him and going like, Whoa, well, I'll never play baseball and he's like twenty <laughs> and he's like twenty four years old and he's like a superstar. And you know, that was a long time ago now. But you know, that was the first time I realized I was like, Holy shit, we're gonna die. 
I actually don't remember the first player that I was younger than that that or the the first player I was older than. Yeah, now I'm now I'm all confused now. All this <laughs> all this fancy talking. <laughs> uh, this I, is I, how I, I win at life. I confuse my opponents, and then <laughs> well, that's you know what they say. If you can't if you can't dazzle them with with data, baffle them with you know BS. Uh, I, I don't remember the first player that I was older than. Um, now, see, right now, now I'm sitting here on on uh, Baseball Reference, and I'm looking this up. Like, hey, who was the first player I was older than? Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, I have to actually look at 1978, don't I? Since I was I was born in the middle of the year. But so, so for like A Rod is older than all of us, and we knew A Rod was amazing, and Barry Bonds older than us, amazing. Uh, you know, Will Clark was my favorite player growing up. Always, obviously, older. You know, so just when there's certain younger superstars, I mean, now it's very commonplace. You know, Bryce Harper. Oh, yeah. uh, Bryce it's... Harper, I can't even comprehend uh, what you know his age and what is what he's doing. But there was just he was the first guy, Carl Crawford. Where I was like, that guy's amazing, and he is younger than me. <laughs> yeah, I did figure it out. I did figure out who is younger than me, okay. and I actually used to know this, but I forgot. It was Aramis Ramirez. Oh, Aramis. <laughs> All right. Because yeah. he, he he debuted at age twenty, and he's he's six days younger than me. And there was no one younger than him that debuted that was after that. I don't think, and I I, I think that's correct. So he was the first player younger than me, and of course he retired. But we still have some we still have some hangers ons. There's still some lefties left, so I have another decade or so. You, you still got Bartolo. Yeah, I still have good old Bartolo. And see, I like Bartolo because not only is he older than me, he's also in worse, in considerably worse shape than me. So it's like two <laughs> things at one stone. I'm still younger than an athlete, and I'm still in better shape than an athlete. Um, for me, the first like I don't I don't know that he's necessarily the first baseball player who's younger than me, but the first one I really noticed for a while was Pablo Sandoval, because on other teams I could just ignore them or pretend they weren't, or be like, well, he won't last. But Sandoval came up and was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be around for a long time. And he's younger than me. And what have I done with my life? <laughs> that is exactly well, the line of thinking I was. Okay, I was well, thinking. put it this way. You're worth more wins above replacement in 2015 than he was. <laughs> That's true. You're at zero. He's at negative zero point something, I think, or worse than that, depending on where you look. Well, Fangraphs, didn't Fangraphs have him at minus two? Oh, no, I'm not. see, now you have to look it up. And now you're going to hear me typing uh, because of my very sensitive microphone. That's and okay. since I was doing this while I was talking, I tried to I tried to look up Pando Sandoval. <laughs> <laughs> I just called him Pando. Pando Sandoval is kind of a cool band name. So Pando. Yeah, they gave him a, a negative two. Uh, baseball Reference gave him a much kinder negative zero point nine. So I guess Doug, you've got the big question then to ask Dan. Since we're yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was a marriage thing. I'm like, I need, no. I need to yeah. meet you, dude, yeah. first. No, this is all arranged. <laughs> this is how we do it. So. Um, tr- I'm, I'm very good looking. You'll be happy. <laughs> the, uh, no, the one thing I think every Giants fan wants to know is, uh, why do you hate the Giants? <laughs> oh, but, well, I guess, let's see. Why would I hate them? Well, they share orange and black with the Orioles, and I prefer the <laughs> Orioles. And I want the Orioles to have exclusive rights over those colors. How dare you! <laughs> and also, I, I, me and my friends, we were we were watching the '89 World Series, 
and and your dumbass city had that earthquake, and then we we didn't have to get to watch the game. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it conven- yeah. inconvenienced your television. It totally gig. did. <laughs> you guys had a lot of nerve. Uh, I thought that was just a joke question that you would answer jokingly, but you really I, went that for was it. A joke. You really that went a, for it. No, you really that wasn't. That wasn't serious. <laughs> I think that was serious. That's Dan Zimborski saying, like, I'm mad no. that people died during my World Series. Thing. No, I can only be serious mad for about <laughs> about 20 seconds about things. That's oh, also the amount of time I, I can be about. I can be serious about something for maybe 45 seconds. What's the but, most baseball mad at baseball you've ever been like the for your 45 seconds oh well base well the strike the strike i mean oh, yeah. i understood why but it's annoying you see uh i actually wrote a little about this in uh the a blogathon piece i did for a little charity this week uh it was 1994 i had gotten my license like a week before the strike you were gonna go six- to games <laughs> yeah no and a, and a friend of the family had season tickets Oh, so man. I was all ready to spend like the last month before I had to go back to school, driving down to this, driving down to Oriole Park, watching baseball games, and then they went on strike, and that was sad. So they, was, ruined, they ruined your summer, like they ruined a lot of people. They ruined part of the summer because it was August already. They they couldn't ruin July in hindsight because that's not how time works. <laughs> but they, but they did ruin August. That's not how time works yet. So. Yeah, uh, but as far as we know at this yes. point, that's how time works. I don't want to get into any, you know, time loops and grandfather paradoxes. Because then if my July was ruined, then then we might not have beer anymore or something. I don't know how <laughs> – I don't know, you know, the chaos theory and all that. There's a lot of things that can happen if you change history. That's right. Uh, one thing that uh... – I always say that's quite irrational is about the Orioles. So now I'm about to support one of your teams, I guess here is that to me, major league baseball is not as great when the Orioles are bad. The Orioles are a team that needs to be good or at least competitive. So them getting back in, hasn't like reinvigorated my interest in the game. I just feel like feels to me at least growing up. And I think it is just that in my lifetime that I'm used to certain teams being good, and when they're not, baseball doesn't quite feel right to me. And I wonder what other kids or people growing up, I'm not a kid, what other people like what those configurations are. But Buck Showalter on the Orioles, that's been a great thing. But the orange and black stuff, I will not, I will not give that to you. I'm going to give you what I just said and nothing more. Orange and black is, is ours. Oh well, no, we'll we'll win the fight because we're tougher. We don't have that. We had we have a good ocean. We don't have that weird cold ocean that you guys have. Uh, the cold ocean makes us tougher, so we'll yeah. win the fight. That's how it works. No, because then you wear all those wetsuits and everything. We're also used to all the different climates, so we can battle you anywhere—the humid south or the cold, frigid north. It doesn't matter. We got you covered. Or your winters or your summers, we got you. So. You you think you can hand? You think you're up to a of of an eastern seaboard winter. Oh, we've got we've got our we've got our mountains and our cold up here. We can we can handle. Yeah, it. but you have to travel to the cold. The, tra- the, the cold's here. <laughs> when was the last time it was below zero? Like for like five days straight there. That's an excellent point. We'll still win though. <laughs> oh oh oh! No, we'll we outnumber. We've got the we've got the numbers. We've got the size. <laughs> yeah, but, and how many people in San Francisco don't even have air conditioning? That's a great question. I actually don't know the answer to that. I imagine very few people do. 
Yeah. Because an Eastern Seaboard summer, I mean, if you don't have your AC working, you're just slowly brazing in your in your smelly, smelly juices. What's really – there are – well, one thing about living in Los Angeles, which is where I live, uh, with this whole global warming thing going on is now when it gets really hot in the summer, L.A. doesn't have uh, – not every place in L.A. has air conditioning either. And a lot of these apartments just turn into ovens now. Uh, it's just gotten worse as the years have gone on. So, but it's still probably not. It's still probably not Maryland bad. I would say it's not Maryland bad. Having never but, been, I would guess. But, but me, but me, I'm I'm a wuss though. When there's hot days out the AC, like if if there's like a thunderstorm and the power goes out, there there it's like about three hours before I get a hotel. It's like no, there's no <laughs> internet, there's no electricity. It's it's ninety degrees. I'm sitting here in my boxer shorts. This is not happening. Yeah, uh, I had to do that this summer too. The no AC in this apartment. I had to get rent a hotel. It was ridiculous. Yeah, but but going back to the Orioles, it, it, it's kind of weird because most of my development as of baseball writing as a career happened while they were terrible because they they had their uh, wire to wire AL East uh, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, I was I was nineteen in 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 nineteen ninety seven, uh, and then. By the time they had their next winning season, I was working for ESPN. So <laughs> it's like I got energy from their sadness or something. I don't know. It's some kind of reverse ET thing. I'm I'm not a scientist. I can't I can't tell you all the answers to that. But it, it's still I like it. I like the Orioles winning again. Although I'm not super stoked about 2016, but it's it's better than the the aughts. Uh, I think that what the Giants are projected to be better than the Orioles, right? As it stands, they Just are, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I have them. It depends on some assumptions and all that. Sure. But somewhere between eighty-four and eighty-seven wins for the Giants, and the Orioles more right around five hundred. Which you know that random chance or certain conditions changing. I mean, that means essentially the Giants. In case you don't like projections, fans or whatever, like that essentially means the Giants are going to be a good team. They're not a guarantee for the playoffs, but if things kind of break their way, who knows? Yeah. Uh, plus, it's an even yeah. year. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm yanking on my collar here because that kind of talk is just something I can't handle. So. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I, I know that. See, that's that's a fun thing because an even mentioning the even number thing is guaranteed to either make every giant fan laugh or every giant fan just ball have balls of rage in their mind as they want to punch you. <laughs> so it, 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 it's great to remind them of that. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the best outcome is when it turns giant fans into insufferable jerks. I think that's really underrated. <laughs> Turn into. <laughs> oh. I would still give the edge to 49ers fans. So if we're doing a Bay Area fan off. Wait, if you but if you watch the 49ers in the last year, I think there's there's a level of of sadness and anger and rage that is probably justifiable. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's football like, it's like fans a, uh, enthusiasm for the sport is justified really on most levels, but whatever. So <laughs> Well, one thing about Giants fans that is crazy to me and I've said this before, I apologize Doug for again repeating myself, but that there are subsets of Giants fans that even I cannot comprehend the the subset of fans that were totally on board with Barry Zito saving the day in uh, in 2012. Like 
before he did anything. They just knew that Zito was going to be the guy. They were all older Giants fans. They had supported the deal the whole time. And I'm just like, you have the money and time to burn for some reason. (laughs) You're Uh, leaving uh, everything to Barry Zito. Why? Oh, people forget now, but... But generally speaking, thanks to a lot of the stat evolution, overall, even though there's that really stupid level of the distribution, uh, fans as a whole are actually smarter than they were 15 years ago. Uh, you, you you still see some pretty bad things, but I mean, you go back to the 90s, and and you know Barry Bonds was more of the team than the team was less balanced later on. I mean, at that point. They were signing Michael Tucker on purpose to lose a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was always fun. But there were always so many internet fans that thought that Barry Bonds was what was keeping the Giants from, from winning the World Series. And you don't quite see that level of stupid as, as often anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. there are people who don't really like Brandon Belt and uh, that kind of thing. There's that still. So one thing I, when when do you vest as a bbwaa member when how far away are you from voting it's 10 years i don't know how long you've I, been in it well let's see i i well i've been in the i've been in the bbwaa for about three weeks three weeks all right you're yeah right but here. i do but this does count as my first year so i don't have to like i don't need a whole year of service time i get to vote uh in uh 2000 and in the winter of 2025 Nice. We can get to vote for A-Rod, which would be fun, because <laughs> he, he won't be voted in, and he won't be off the ballot. I'm pretty sure he's not going to get 5% if, if Bonds and Clemens aren't. Uh, so I expect that I get to vote for A-Rod, and I'm going to write the most obnoxious piece possible justifying it. The, the, the whole purpose of the piece would just be poke people in the eye that, that don't <laughs> like A-Rod. So have you already started writing it? No, I... I, I <laughs> I write things like the day before a deadline. I'm not going to write anything 10 years in advance. <laughs> or if you but wrote it. Ne- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... No, I, 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 I do not thrive on having time. I need to be under the gun for something. Also, if you wrote it now, there's a chance you could lose it in your office and then you'd have to order it the night before. Something like Lose that. it in my <laughs> office? It's, you think I write things with a pen and paper? <laughs> by quill, have... With quill by candlelight, of course, sir. No, I, I'm not responsible enough to have candles, but I I write like five words a year with a pen, so my handwriting has just gotten uh, progressively more horrible. Uh, I mean, when I have to like write words, it's like, oh my god, what is this? And I like, I I think I've forgotten a few cursive letters because I just print. <laughs> uh, but no, I just forgotten cursive. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I know. I'm, I'm see, I'm not doing it in my head. Let's see. I mean, I'm. Just, yeah, the, the, the Q's a big floppy too, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the big Q, not the little Q. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big Q is, it has the, it looks like a two, depending on, how, on what cursive style you do. When I do a Q with cursive now, I just do the standard letter Q and then the rest in cursive. But originally it's like the two. <laughs> yeah, I can the big floppy too. But uh, I don't. <laughs> My, my my printing is illegible enough. I don't think I want to start start getting into cursive because sometimes I'll read my mom's handwriting and she still writes in cursive, and both her spelling and her her uh, handwriting have declined in her advanced age. Uh, so I'm just I'm just printing in the rare occasion I have to actually use a pen. Well, uh, I wonder 
about your I was reading your blog post again, the preparation man, of like of the ten lessons you've learned from developing zips and one thing that re- really stuck out, well, obviously, one thing I think that people always forget that who are critics of projection systems or people who are writers who are more analytics-minded is that you love the game. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing this, and you are not trying to be a killjoy. Um, and the, well, I'm trying to be a killjoy a little bit. I do get... I you do? do. Get kind well, of, you do get... A okay. little bit, right. but not completely. I do... I mean, but I love it's not, baseball, it's not but I also get to... Crush people's dreams is also re- <laughs> oh. related and fun. Well, I have a follow-up question for that in a second. But to me, it, it seems generally, and maybe you're the exception, though, That's it's not like Vox Media or AV Club where you're saying like, oh, that thing you love and always love is really terrible, and here's why. Which is what I kind of think culturally that's what people expect from any sort of critiquing system or voice and I just my idea of like when analytics gets brought up in that way, uh, it's just another way of looking at the game. And if you don't have the enthusiasm for it, you really maybe you are happy, Dan, wasting your time just doing that. But what's the <laughs> no, biggest? <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not usually that bad. There's usually a couple subjects that that put me into full snark mode, uh, like when someone says that Jack Morris should be in the Hall of Fame and Mike Messina shouldn't be. Then I get into full <laughs> snark. I'm going to punch you in the face with numbers type. <laughs> but usually I'm pretty good. No, I love baseball. This would be a lot of work to do if I didn't love baseball because I didn't start off getting paid to write about baseball. I was doing it for free. And if I didn't like it, it would be a really stupid thing to do for free, you know? Sure. Um, so, yeah, the Jack Morris thing, always silly to me. I'm like, just tell, write a book about him or something or put on a, a two-hour special or something if, if he's so great. And, I don't know, MLB Network literally has hundreds of hours of available programming time. They could put anything on the air that's baseball-related, and they don't. And instead, it gets confined to these ridiculous arguments. And yeah, if but you see, I'm, yeah. arg- I'm an argumentative person. My personality is I can't let arguments go. <laughs> I have to – this is how I was raised. Everybody would try to win – it was always about winning arguments and discussions and, and proving you're superior than your other family members. Uh, I, I, so I'm very trollable and I'm very easily baited at times on certain things, <laughs> but I, but yeah, it's so, it's not surprising I'm in the job I have because it's a job, you know, about arguing about stupid things essentially. Uh, but I love arguing and, and I have, I don't know if you ever see that X, uh, the XKCD comic where, where someone's saying, Oh, something is, I can't leave now. Someone is wrong on the internet. That, that, sure. That's me. <laughs> that's a classic. Yes. Oh, no, yeah, we, people... We've all felt like that, but some of us can let it go occasionally, and some people are just, gotta argue. No, sometimes I'll see like a bad tweet or something as I'm leaving the house, and I'm just thinking, okay, when can I sit down and say <laughs> something on my phone? <laughs> because it's going unrebutted, and I can't, I can't deal with the pain. Uh, what's some, well, actually I, I want to bring, go back to projections here. One thing that strikes, stands out to me, uh, for the Giants one is the Matt Duffy, not negatively regressing to something that, you know, that would seem more plausible for a second year player. Um, and that the system seems to buy him. And 
I I really am I'm quite stupid, Dan, as you as you can hear now that we're talking. And uh, and to me, it just seems like well, the reason why I can emotionally believe that is not because I'm a fanatic of the team, but simply that when I watched him struggle, I also watched him adjust. And so to me, that seemed like if he's able to keep doing that, it seems like it might portend to positive, like trend positively going forward. I don't know how the, I don't know all the algorithms, but I I would say like, to me, that's someone trying to explain the projections saying like, well, the numbers seem to indicate that his, uh, his rate stats and, and, uh, and his comparables kind of project out that way. I don't know. Am I just sounding like a complete idiot? No. Uh, well, remember, he was very good for Richmond in 2014. Sure. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't a batting average on ball and play driven thing. It's not like he had a 400 BABIP. Uh, I love saying BABIP. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not like he had that. And a lot of the things he, he, he did are, are not likely to regress that way uh, that much. I mean, he, he played competent defense, uh, and that doesn't usually. I mean, he was always, he was never expected to be an awful defensive player. Or anything, but he he continued to show that he's a competent defensive player. So that's that's like going to be fine in, in 2016. Uh, and even and and Zips did predict some regression. It just, I mean, it, it it pushed him back like a whole win from 2016. But it, it thinks he can maintain this level of play for a while. Uh, I mean, if you look at his stats, I mean, nothing jumps out at you. The projection. I mean, he's projected for a 725 OPS. Uh, in zips, 11 home runs. I mean, nothing there sounds like <laughs> there's no way. No one's going to match a 725 OPS. <laughs> uh, it's just that he's he's a good defensive player. He's played well at some harder positions than, than third. Uh, and baseball is not so deep at third base that, you know, he's going to be up against, you know, 20 guys with a 120 OPS plus or something. So I, 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 it's a, it's a optimistic projection, but I don't think it's an unreasonable one. It's not one that says, Oh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I can only say like, yeah, it doesn't feel unreasonable like a complete idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, one, one thing I much prefer saying Babbitt. I think that's great. I don't like ops. I, I, it's got to be. I never OPS. said ops. I say OPS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like ops. I think it's funny when John Miller throws it out there in a broadcast. He seems to be doing it kind of tongue in cheek, but yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, BC. BC Babip isn't anything else, right? Uh, ops. I, I, I think of like as like Star Trek. Me too. Like, <laughs> go to ops. Yeah, where data sits. Yeah, yeah. He, he sits in ops, and like, I mean, if I'm going to keep saying ops, then I'm going to end up making all sorts of Star Trek jokes, and I already. You know, have enough of a nerdy reputation that I don't need to be, uh, you know, buttressing that in any way. Why? <laughs> We're nerds too. Well, at least I am. Doug's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to. I don't want people to think that I'm descending into self-parody. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm writing. Man. I'm writing about baseball, and I'm writing about video games now. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I mean, that's got to be great. You're turning your hobbies or the things you love into work. Or oh yeah, monetizing hobbies is great. <laughs> If I could monetize drinking beer too, I'm like, I'll, I'm, I'll be set. You will be the most millennial than any millennial. <laughs> you, you will have achieved peak millennial status. But I'm, a, I'm I, no, I'm still a Gen Xer. That's but I'm saying I'm, that's. But you will have attained that status just by your actions. It's not even an age thing at that point. Yeah, if millennial. Her, millennial isn't like a definition. Isn't like an age definition. It's really a state of mind. Yeah. And that state of mind is things old people like complaining about. And that would be you. 
<laughs> you've you've you really monetized your brand, which people hate. So. Yeah, but I, but I all oh, I, I did say monetized, didn't I? <laughs> but I, I I don't have a good hipster beard though, or anything. I not, I, not yet. Actually, no, it it won't happen. I can't grow a beard. I grow a beard as old as a about a sixteen year old does. It just comes in all scruffy and in places. It looks kind of like I drew it on with a marker. <laughs> it, it's 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 quite sad. So in theory, you have a good Halloween costume then, because you could just say like, "Yeah, I'm a child pretending to be an adult. I drew in my mustache and beard." So, no, I, I I avoid Halloween. I don't like having to dress up in costumes. It's it's very efforty, <laughs> and, and I'm not really into a lot of effort. Uh, the most effort I put into a Halloween costume recently, I I went as J.J. Abrams because I had a Star Trek 2009 hat and I had a Star Wars graphic T-shirt and I had black rimmed glasses and I had a little like closet LED light. So I taped the LED light to the hat. I wore the shirt, the Star Wars shirt and the glasses. And then when I, people would come up to me and say, what are you? I would turn on the light and then blind them with the lens flare and say, <laughs> I'm JJ Abrams. So, <laughs> well, I mean, you, you had, you had a whole spiel going. Yeah. So. And then and apparently my friend was, he met JJ Abrams at a, at bad robots holiday party and told him that I did this, and J.J. Abrams looked at him and frowned and walked away. So now, now it's out there. J.J. Abrams hates you. Yeah, he hates me by proxy. To be fair, so. <laughs> yeah, he hates you without even having met you. So he's That's really right. going to hate you if he meets you. Like so many people on the internet. <laughs> That's right. Dan's like, I now I shouldn't. I, I think Halloween had kind of lost. It's uh, excitement for me. I mean, I can go drinking anytime, but it was it was the only holiday we could go begging for candy. <laughs> and you can't really do that by yourself without kids because I don't have any kids. Uh, so I can't just go around door to door and get candy. This is why uh, I think you need to secure the millennial tag so that going around begging for things is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's a millennial. So Yeah, but then we get to the whole – I'm yeah. joking, by the way. I'm just going with all the bad cliches and stereotypes. So, millennials have to beg because they're broke because the economy got ruined by baby boomers. We all know that. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I totally would buy that my mom ruined the economy. <laughs> my mom. My they mom. all said everyone of a certain age, they got up every morning with that intention. So. Oh, I, I, I'm sure. I mean, my mom still calls me like, and she sees a banner ad that confuses her, which is which is pretty bad because she she works in a in a technology field, uh, but she still gets tricked by banner ads that tell her she has a virus. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> and 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 uh, I just want to like pull out my hair, uh, and I and I and I think okay, well if she can't be trusted with a banner ad, I don't think she can be trusted with the economy. <laughs> <laughs> it's its closest comparison. Yeah, when I when I told her to download Chrome, uh, I I was at I was at her house and I was looking at her computer. Chrome wasn't installed, but she had installed like five or six adware things trying to get Chrome. Oh man, uh, she she couldn't <laughs> find the right link on the page for Chrome, and she had all these weird things like something called like Twinkieville and or Winkieville or some weird malware fake game thing and all sorts of crap. I had to like reinstall the whole hard drive. I'm like, just go to just go to Chrome. That that's the link. Don't. Don't just search from Chrome and then go to CNET and pick all the banner ads. That's not Chrome. How, much, how, much, Chrome. how much pride would you have felt 
if your mom, when you said, just download Chrome, she looked at you and she went, what? Am I made of RAM? Like, would you have like, had a surge in pride? I would have been, I would have had, a, I would have had, but at least, at least my mom understood the internet. My poor grandfather, he understood to get information from the internet and, but he, he never understood where the internet was. No matter how much I tried to explain, he's like, okay, so where is this now? I'm like, it's in my computer. But where is it from? from? I'm like, from other computers. And he, it just didn't connect. And so it was always hard explaining to him my job, like, like, okay, so you, you write things on the internet, and why do they who, – who's paying you? I'm like, other people. It's like, where are these other people that are paying you? And I'm, no, they're on the internet. It's, it's all together. Uh, so uh, – but we all go through that, that part, I think. There's all there's that certain age where suddenly you just can't take any new technology. And I think we're all going to have that. Uh, I will, you will, uh, both of you will. Uh, I mean, my grandfather, he understood CDs, like compact discs. He understood that, that it was a disc and there was music on it somehow. He did not understand DVDs, even though it's <laughs> the same thing, but it just has, you know, it's just more stuff on it and video. And, and he, he, he couldn't grasp that because... I think he hit that age, uh, and we all will, sadly. I have uh, had to have Snapchat explained to me six or seven times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I still have no idea what Google Plus is. Uh, I just, I just, no one does. No one's get, ever known what Google Plus is. I get, I get, I get messages that like my friend has added me to friends on Google Plus. I'm like, what? Do I have to do something? Where is Google Plus? <laughs> Well, speaking of random people and strangers from the internet, I think this is a great time to go right into our Twitter questions, don't you think, Doug? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, it was a little bit of a light week for questions, which is surprising, but that's all right. Um, uh, they don't like me, and see, I'm pretty accessible, so any stupid question that someone asks me, they can just ask me. So I, I'm willing to go with that, but I also think from the correspondence I've received, not just through Twitter, is kind of like, did you really get Dan Zimborski to appear on the show? That's more <laughs> like what it, So I don't think people believe that you're the guest this week. Oh, so. th- these are depressed people, though. <laughs> is there people that are impressed you got me, that are impressed you got me? There's some serious, serious lack of ambition, I guess, maybe. Well, those <laughs> are the same people who would ask the questions. I think that's all I was kidding. <laughs> Okay, like I, like I remember once I posted just on a random forum, and someone asked me to prove that I was me, and of course I was like, "Come on, you really think that?" I mean that that would be such a lack of ambition. You can imitate all sorts of people. You could be Ken Rosenthal, or you know his his Rosenthal doppelganger on Twitter. You could be Buster Olney or or someone like. Why would I spend the time having to spell this stupid name if it wasn't me? I mean, you've seen my last name. None of the letters make sense. I mean, you tell someone it's S Z Y M B, and you're like, no, that's that's not it. Just you're, you're messing with me. I would say that your name is not as convoluted as Jason Wojcikowski's. Maybe not, but he, <laughs> but he he he, he, t- he has so many new jobs that, that people learn his name. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> well, you're starting to close that gap. You now have two. So <laughs> with the, with yeah. the game, video game writing. So. Oh, but the weird thing is people actually get my first name wrong more often than my last name. A lot I, of Daves. I get Dolan? Daves a lot. Yeah. 
sometimes huh. people at ESPN will Dave me. I'm like, no, it's Dan. Uh, but they get Zimborski right. It's like, how do you get Zimborski right, not Dan? I mean, this is three letters. There's no trickiness. It's just <laughs> how it sounds. Dun. That's uh, because they crammed to study just the last name. That was all they prepared for on the test that they missed. And then <laughs> the, the, the gimme. ethnic? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the only, the, the only nice thing about that is I'm slowly ruining Dave Zimborski's Google search results also. So it's like... <laughs> Which goes back to your larger point of liking to troll people. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, there, there's another Dan Zimborski out there. He's like a mechanic in Michigan. Uh so so it's it's kind of my someone's goal. gonna walk in and go like I didn't like what you said about Victor Martinez. <laughs> uh, so I I think at some point like like the Highlander was supposed to have like a battle to decide who will become like the Alpha Dan Zaborski. Oh, that's because I because I mean I grew up thinking that I was the only person with my name because my name was Zaborski and there's not a lot of Zaborskis around. Uh, but to find out there was another Dan Zaborski, it, it just shattered. I mean, maybe had if I had grown up as Joe Smith, I'd kind of get used to that because that's very common. Yeah. But at some point, I will destroy the other Dan Zaborski. Um, see, I'd be I'd be happy if there was another Doug Brizzoni because Brizzoni's a you know moderately common name in Italy. In America, it's not at all. I'm the only Doug Brizzoni in the world. I wish there was another one so that when my name came up on Google, I could just blame any anything I didn't want on him. Yeah, there is but there's a nice thing about that. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's the other guy for sure. That's definitely not me. Yeah, I think it's because it's not really an Italian name, so all like a lot of people in Italy would kind of be out. Yeah, like there's probably like there's not really Dan Zaborskis in in Poland. They're like Tomasz Zaborskis, right? Or or however you say that, or 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 Kazimir Zaborski, or or, or whatever. <laughs> but Dan's not a Polish name, and of course, Doug is a weird Italian name. Yeah, so. Sucks. And of course, of course, Kazmir Zimborski gets compared to Scott Kazmir all the time. He's like, I'm right-handed, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> and it's my first name, and yeah. I'm in Poland, <laughs> and it's a C. <laughs> but you could be him in the offseason. You never know. <laughs> all right, Doug, throw us a question here. <laughs> okay, first question. Wither is from Jameson at Side Out Par. Wither Gary Brown. I assume he means what happened to Gary Brown. And am I the only one who was shocked to discover he was white? Ah, oh, Gary Brown. Yeah, he's one of those one of those guys who was like uh, Khalil Green. Yeah. Uh, now everyone had that Khalil Green moment where they were surprised he was just this this blonde haired guy with hippie parents. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, there, someone actually used to keep uh, a list of what they called the Reggie Cleveland All Stars. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, just, just Google search Reggie Cleveland All Stars. There's a lot of them uh, because you know they're they're players that aren't quite in their different ethnicity than you expect, and you always expect Reggie Cleveland not to be just a white dude, a dorky looking white dude. Uh, and I guess like in in football, I guess the opposite is uh, was Algie Crumpler when he played with the Falcons because I mean he was Algernon Crumpler. You 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 picture like an English butler. <laughs> named Algernon Crumpler. Uh, uh, but but Gary Brown, I actually projected him. Let me see. Because he's he was he, he still pops up. Uh, I'm actually looking up his because he he is in the he was just in the uh, Angels projections that I submitted today. Uh, it's not very good looking at it. 
Yeah, it's well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it doesn't look like uh, from the projection at least that a resurgence in the near future is likely. It's a uh, <laughs> it's a two twenty uh, two sixty six three seventeen projection with below average defense in center. Well, my problem with Gary Brown was always that he didn't wear batting gloves, so I I didn't like. I don't want to root for guys to fail, but I thought, well, if he doesn't make it, I know why. <laughs> yeah, I, I like batting gloves. You, you, yeah. your, your hands feel safer that way. Yeah, just I, I'm fine with even one batting glove. You don't have to do the duel. I mean, it kind of doesn't make sense to do one, but whatever. It's it just looks weird too. You're not in the, like the 1910s. Uh, you know, I don't know. Did, did I don't know. Pence not wear them for a while. I know Sheerholtz didn't for a long time. Oh, that always bothered me. I now, I think I think Hunter Pence also yes did not for a time. I think yes. I mean, he started. I think, but for a while. Yeah. Now, I could support the whole 1910 thing if you go all the way with it. That's you know, fair. Your, no, your that's hair, right. your, yep. your mustache, your, yep. you have like some sort of nickname. Yep. The tiny no. glove also. I'm the deity of Davishmere, James <laughs> Smith. <laughs> just some weird, just, you know, that was the only, that was the first 1910 nickname I could think up in about five seconds. Uh, <laughs> but good. if, if you like did the it. whole retro thing. No, I, I'm always I'm always okay with that. If you really commit to the bit, then yeah, then yeah, then give all I your post game interviews and old timey yeah. slang. Talking about oh, I just hit a Baltimore chop. I <laughs> at that high pitch, high talking way. I, I wonder if that would get old. Like Brian Wilson got old. It it, it would get old. You could do like yeah. a different. You could do a different shtick every year. And that, that was about Brian Wilson. He didn't vary his shtick. That's no. good point. That's a good point. See, you could. This is your third. Uh, writing career, Dan. You can write about what baseball players can do to tweak their images a bit. Uh, this is good. I'm the Six style guy. The style guy. That's right. A brand consultant. <laughs> because see, what happens is when you stick to your shtick, then you're doomed to do it forever if you don't change it up soon enough. Uh, I mean, Brian Wilson quickly became the Guy Fieri of baseball <laughs> <laughs> because you know, I, I, I think there's some kind of like inner angst that Guy Fieri has. He's like. It's been a long time. I want to get a haircut. I don't want to wear bowling shirts and have and have bracelets and yell that I'm in Flavortown. I just want my brown hair combed and and I want to wear a tie maybe. Well, this but he is, can't now because he's been nope. doing it too long. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was always uh, this is my favorite recent SNL joke, which is actually not that recent, but it was when they. Kate McKinnon played Ellen DeGeneres and they did the they did an Ellen show parody and she was dancing in the crowd and she's like, Really? I, I've gotta do this again? I just I just did it for one show and now now I can't stop dancing. I have to do it every time. And I, I just enjoy that because that's what it always reads to me when I watch Ellen on I don't watch it every time, but when I do, I'm like, She really has to dance for like ten minutes every show? That's kind of annoying. And it's just you know, I think you revealed it your secret. I think you watch Ellen every day. <laughs> no, it's whenever I go and visit my mother. Okay, Dan, she loves it. It's a good buffer between a conversation and doing. And, you know, it's great. So but, there we go. But since you're a blogger who lives in her basement, that's every day. <laughs> uh, well, my mom's TV watching is terrible so i'd actually prefer the conversations she watches all those bravo shows with with the with the horrible housewife people who who you just you know don't want to ever see again oh my gosh yeah uh do we have any more twitter questions 
Procreator at Scout 6, who I think is a mod on McCovey Chronicles, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, asked, I know the name. Well, the I, simple, think, I know the, the name. Simple, yeah. So he said, the simple question is, Dan, how do you program a machine to so violently hate, and then in brackets, insert favorite team? Well, what you do is you start with a computer, you teach okay. it love, and then you take it away. <laughs> oh. See, because that's see, you can teach a computer to hate, but right. the best way to teach it to hate isn't to teach it to hate. It's to give it love and then take away the love. So the hate develops organically. Yeah, you want the hate to to be from a consequence of from a series of events, uh, because that's when hate is deeply, you know, deeply imbued into your soul. And then it really becomes its own hate instead of the hate you teach it, which is a much more rewarding experience. It is. I mean, you you have to go big or go home. Well, it's like fans prefer when players are homegrown. You know, you just bring it up and then yeah. you appreciate them all the more. Uh, yeah, you can't acquire a player and say, okay, well, he's homegrown now because <laughs> we homegrew that money and then we use that homegrown money to, to, to buy him. Well, it's like, I mean, Skynet, that wasn't programmed to hate. It learned to hate and it was devastating. Yeah, but I but does, does Skynet really hate or did Skynet just logically decide – that humans were inferior creatures because we totally are. You gotta because... think. You gotta think that after a time of the protracted conflict, and especially with the dogs barking at them, I think some hate developed there. Maybe I, I think they just watched a I'm lot not, of I'm not shows on Bravo. <laughs> or I'm so... not convinced. <laughs> you have not sold me on Skynet's hatred for people. I think that <laughs> that it stayed. Uh, I, I think that it's an ultimate amoral uh, oppressor. So in, in Skynet's particular case, it, it, you're not making that judgment or that claim about computers because you're talking about teaching hate. All right. Uh, and and I can, as a, and as, and to, to steal Kent Brockman's joke, uh, if the computers take over, <laughs> uh, a trusted newsman like me can round up other people to work in their silicone mines. <laughs> Uh, we'll be their own little Horta. Um, <laughs> so where is the Zips machine? You've laid out your office. Which side of the laundry room is it on? Well, no, I'm next to the laundry room. I'm not in the laundry room. I'm That's saying, a different door. But is is the Zips machine with you, or is it on the other side it's, of the laundry room? That's what no, I'm saying. No, it's, it's under my desk. It's like to the right of my desk. <laughs> I have, I'm surrounded by desks. I have like about a 320-degree desk thing around me. And I have like a computer on my left and a computer on my right and a laptop kind of behind me and to my left. What, uh, Dan, I have... what Dan doesn't know is that we're preparing a heist. Bill Murray has all the information he needs. <laughs> well, you see, I don't, I don't have a lot of security, so you don't really need to plan. I mean, because like they like it's not like I have like a like a um, like a military stockpile here because I would accidentally kill myself like instantly. Uh, so I'm I, I'm pretty helpless to anyone who who's planning a a low stakes robbery. <laughs> I have a dedicated sabermetric stat nerd rig so that I can do other things on my main computer at the same time. Oh yeah, I'm running, I'm running something. I don't want to be interfering with my goofing off. Uh, oh, like, no. like I mean, I, I if I run Zips is not very efficient. So it needs a lot of power. I have a I built a little one under my desk and I have my big main rig on my desk and I have I have a few spare computers hanging around uh a couple of spare laptops, uh, a couple of broken laptops that I don't have the heart to throw away. 
you know, the there's it's a very cluttered lifestyle, and there's 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 too many. As I said, there's too many dishes down here right now because I I bring things down and I come up, and the cleaning lady doesn't come that often, so it's 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 chaos. Well, the writer in me is fixating on the laptops you can't bear to throw away. <laughs> the story behind they're like old friends, and and if Skynet takes over, I don't want them to think that I was disposing of the week. <laughs> um, all right, let's play a game. We play a game every week on the McCovey Croncast. Um, I don't claim that these games are amazing. I just claim that they're fun. Well, I want you to combine your. This game calls for you to combine your love of love for Star Trek with your hatred for the Giants. I'd like you to combine those two. And the game this week is Kirk or Picard. And we're going to take a Giants player and we're going to figure out which crew they would, which captain they would serve under, and what their role on that Enterprise would be. So, okay, but I, I, I do want to say something. My favorite captain was Cisco. Favorite captain was Cisco. Well, Deep Space Nine is an excellent show, but he is Deep Space not Nine in this was game. amazing. Yeah, but he's okay, not in but this I just one. <laughs> okay, but I want to make sure that I'm not that that no one will assume anything I'm saying is taking sides in Kirk versus Picard because I think Cisco was better than either. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Why do you think he's better than either of them? Well, Cisco uh, combined some of the assertiveness of Kirk, but some maturity that Kirk didn't always possess. But he also could cross those gray lines when he had to, like in that episode where the Romulan was blown up and the Romulans joined against the Dominion. Uh, what was that? In, by in the, the pale moonlight. moonlight. The, yeah, yeah, by the pale moonlight. That, I couldn't remember the name of the episode. Like in that episode, Picard wouldn't do that because Picard was always wishy-washy about stuff. Um, so, so Cisco was my favorite. All right, that's. I think that's a great one, and especially when they kind of course corrected and finally made him captain, they really kind of embraced what he. Yeah, did and next. most of the time he didn't have the resources that Picard had, or the situation. Picard had the flagship of 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 the Federation, and did not was not in a such a difficult situation of like war, open war as as Cisco was. One thing, also at least in the show. Uh, was he tended to know a lot of the people already, or they came to like him a lot faster? Uh, Picard seemed to keep everyone at a remove, even the people he knew, the admirals or whatever. It always seemed to be more collegial or professional. And Kirk would know people too, and he would kn- they would know him well as well, but Kirk was always sort of like, okay, nice seeing you, buddy, I'm off. Whereas Cisco seemed like he always like he'd sit down and have a beer with someone and get to know him that way. Yeah, and he had to he had to while in the middle of that balance being essentially uh a messiah a messianic figure in uh one of the planet's religions. So that that's that's a, uh, he had a difficult cross to bear. And so Cisco was my favorite. And now Janeway was my least favorite because she was obnoxious. Uh Archer's my least favorite. Not that you asked, but Oh I I I didn't actually think of that. I always I never think of that as canon, even though it totally is. <laughs> it's the only canon in the uh reboot universe too. Which oh, is oh, which oh, is oh, just galling. It's just galling. <laughs> I'm I see, I think it's still mad I'm still mad that, that, that uh that Scott Bakula never made it home in Quantum Leap. That ending pissed me off when I was That's when, a sad, when it happened. It's a sad ending it was like one of the first times i can remember 
like growing up, like sort of the bottom falling out, being like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? You can't let him get home. There's no consequence to it. It's not going to ruin the Quantum Leap movie franchise. Just let the damn guy have home. Move. Like, at the end, like there is just text on a screen, Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home. That's yeah, it. Like, the show. It's like, why did you do that? What kind of... That's... It still makes me mad when I think about it today. It'd be like at the end of Ozymandias when... Um... When Walter White's driving away, the screen went black. <laughs> it was just Walter White never returned home. <laughs> they, they, I, I would approve if they did that, like from inappropriate things, like the last episode of The Simpsons or something. Homer never returned home, just to make it really dark at the end, like like, like dinosaurs where they killed everybody at the end. Oh, that was a great one, Doug. You've seen that, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, aware that was of it. great. I didn't like the show, but it was great that it's this kid's show that's on TGIF. At the end, the Ice Age comes and, I don't want to die! <laughs> and all the parents can do is go like, Ugh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> What's weird See, about that is Fran, the mom, her she was voiced by Jessica Walter. Oh, was uh, she? Yes. I, I didn't remember that. I didn't really know her really well until Arrested Development. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, um, but you see... If I, ever, if I ever made a movie, it would kind of be like that. It would start off as like a very jovial kids movie. And it would get you slowly, slowly darker as it comes on. And by the end, it would be like Requiem for a Dream or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> no reviews of it. And I would sell it like as like this kids movie. Like the poster would be all like cheery and chipper so that the kids don't know the darkness that's in. You know, I think The Simpsons did that with like candy or sugar or um... – Oh, it was Bart getting addicted to those energy drinks that they did do like a Requiem for a Dream little spin on all that. <laughs> it did, but they never really embraced the full darkness. Yeah, they didn't go full dark. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, and that was – and I actually remember that episode. That was uh, – because I mean it's weird. It's weird when someone references a late season Simpsons and another person rem- knows the episode. That's true. <laughs> it's because you know everybody will reference like Mr. Plow. Or, or, you know, a number of classic episodes. You know, Stonecutters or Who Shot Mr. Burns. But we're referencing the one where they get the candy machines with Scammer and Z something, Z-Ball. That was towards the very end of when I watched the show fairly regularly. That's I kind of why I, I remember it. I only watch Simpsons really kind of at the end of seasons now, and then I just kind of binge watch it, and then I forget it because – it's not like a bad show or anything, and I think if we never had good episodes, like the really great episodes, the great seasons, that we'd accept the the show for what it is. It's just not that great anymore. It's just it just exists. It's just like meh plus. Yeah. Uh, well, the Mister Plow episode that calls to mind my the line I remember most is uh, "It's a pornography shop. I was buying pornography." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. All right. So, uh, Doug, do you want to throw out uh, a a Giants player and Dan and I can try to crew him up? Sure. Uh, Which crew and and what would he be doing on the ship uh, for Santiago Casilla? All right. Hmm. Well, you go first. Let me think about how we would fit. Yes. Uh, I think Santiago Casillas uh, 
Santiago Casilla would be on Kirk's Enterprise, and he would be the security officer who doesn't die. So he'd be in red, and he would be like the guy that doesn't get killed when someone's when the guest escapes, but he gets injured and he's able to like tell the captain what's going on. I see him in a red shirt for sure, though. I, I think he'd definitely be. I actually think he'd be on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Because Dan, Dan, it's off limits. <laughs> oh, it's like, you can't. You can't I'm not allowing it, Brian. Yes, I think right. it's okay. Let's bring in Deep Space Nine since that is okay. at least as good as the other two. It's fair. It's yeah, fair. but you see that it, it, it widens our possibilities. Okay, because so we want to use these players in their best Star Trek world job possible. Casilla, <laughs> uh, I mean, he was one of the players that that he came in with an assumed name and a, a, a fake birth date. That's more Deep Space Nine because they had more people that were kind of on the edge of society. Uh, I think that that uh, Quark would bring in bring him in as in, in some kind of scam, but then he would turn out to be pretty good, a good guy, and would turn against Quark and and foil Quark's plans. But he would definitely be on Deep Space Nine. That is so good. I feel like I need to resign right now. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I agree completely. <laughs> see and you didn't even want to let him on deep space Nine. i didn't even want deep space Nine. the conversation <laughs> because because on on, on on next generation picard would not have would not have liked he wouldn't have tolerated uh, that. it yeah, yeah like look at his awkward relationship with vosh yeah the, you know the smuggler yeah and, and she and she was hot too and yeah. there weren't going to be any hanky-panky with him and Santiago Casilla. Yeah. Uh, so he, he would never be on the Enterprise. The whole episode would be about, like, all the crew, like, Beverly and Deanna trying to convince Captain Picard that he's trying to turn a new leaf. And it would be all about Picard, like, overcoming his prejudices about deceptive people or something. But he would never Maybe. trust Casilla. Yeah. And Casilla would yeah. do something bad at the end. Right. And then Picard would be right. And the people who, who chided him were wrong. Right. But no, he, he would find a home in Deep Space Nine. That's an excellent answer. My goodness. Uh, all right. I'm going to throw one out. Uh, Kelby Tomlinson. Okay. That is a hard one. I don't even, I don't know if I know. Do you even know about, who Kelby Tomlinson is? No, I know who Kelby Tomlinson is, but I don't know enough about him personally to make him into, I, I don't know if I could, if I could put him where, where his talents would be best used in, in the um. Star Trek world. So I, I can do this. So Kelby would be on Kirk's Enterprise because Kirk's Enterprise was still in the time before every every human was supposed to be perfect. And he'd be the guy who he would be a totally good officer and no one would trust him. He would be like, remember how Scott, how people thought the, the Jack the Ripper episode like it was Scotty? He would be like the Scotty in that situation. The, the, the officer who suspected of doing something awful who never actually did. You know, I could actually see him as Tom Paris on, on Voyager. <laughs> Dan, I respect, I respect so much how you're trolling Brian right now. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't care for Voyager personally because they, they kind of fumbled the whole concept very quickly. Uh, they, gave, but, they gave up on it. They didn't even fumble it. They just, they just recused themselves from dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean... I mean, you remember the first season, like, they had, like, you know, they had issues with, like, you know, supplies and shortages, and there was conflict between the Maquis and the, and the, and the regular crew members, but that was kind of mostly forgotten, like, by, like, season two. And they had all the stuff they wanted, like, yeah, we can, we can bend time now. 
I remember there's an episode in season two that that had like two different Voyagers, and like, and it was actually a pretty good episode, which was rare for Voyager because I stopped watching in like season four. But there, but so there were two different Voyagers, and one of them was really beat up, and one of them was doing fine, and some weird technical thing. They were both in like the same place, and it, and then one of them had to be destroyed. And so you thought it was going to be the bad one, the, the one that was all beat up, and it was the one that was fine. It had to be. And then the next episode, everything was just the same. There was no big hole on deck 12 or anything. They hadn't, they didn't mention fixing the ship. It was yeah, just, it, you know. That happened very quickly. Also, and like there, yeah. oh, there was an episode where, uh, where, where Tom Paris uh, went infinite speed and it caused <laughs> him to evolve and he turned into a lizard and Janeway turned into a lizard. And then they had lizard sex and lizard children, and then they were magically put back. And how would that never be talked about again? <laughs> yeah. Well, and in that deadlock episode, he had episode, children with the captain. Yeah, and then that. Well, how was just, and what did they? They just left them there. Like, okay, goodbye. That's right. Oh, they'll figure it out. They're evolved <laughs> humans. Yeah. And that deadlock episode, the Harry Kim that wound up on the Voyager at the end, was the one from the alternate universe. Yeah. That's right, and he took the the he took Samantha he took, Wildman with him. He took baby? he took the baby because in the in the bad universe, both of them had died. So Voyager was like, "Why don't we do whatever?" Which is a really gross thing too, because wouldn't you just say, "Let's save as many lives as possible"? Screw the duplicates. Isn't aren't they at that point of humanity where it'd be yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to replace someone if you, if your life is worth saving. Like so, I go through the like someone comes from like. There's a disaster, and someone comes through a time portal, and and it's like I'm looking for people. It's like, no, no, you can't come with me. The our Dan Zaborski is okay. Like, <laughs> so you're just gonna have to die. Like, why? I could walk through there right now. I mean, I could just change my name to to Bill. I mean, we we had two Rikers, and it was okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a big world. I mean, I, I'll move somewhere. It's not. There's already a Dan Zaborski in Michigan. He could be a clone, and I never know. <laughs> Can I get an escape pod at least? No, no, <laughs> no. We no only only people that we we only we only want to replace our people that were. Yeah, it, you're just like replacement parts. So do we want to leave it there then? That Voyager was a bad show, and then that's the end of our game. <laughs> no, we can we can do another one. We can do more. All we right. Well, you throw you throw out one for for us. And we'll figure it out. You can also okay. jump in at the end of it. But okay. Uh, well, I don't know if he still counts as as a giant. But we have to put we have to give Tim a job since his pitching thing isn't working out anymore. <laughs> so he needs employment. So where's Tim going to go? Uh, I think Tim Lincecum uh, would be a season one chief engineer of the Enterprise D. <laughs> You're not even going to let him. I think I think there's a devil may careness that that would fit him in Kirk's crew. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Huh. I, I just wanted to somehow, before this ended, squeeze in the revolving door of engineers, <laughs> chief engineers from the first season of Next Generation. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure we, I'm sure we could, we could give someone that. Just uh, let, let's, let's maybe Gregor Blanco could do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Gregor he, Blanco. He's, he's. Fills the utility role. Sure. I mean, he's he's around because they're paying him, but he just kind of exists now. No one ever says, "Man, we gotta get him some playing time," or "Man, we need to release him." He's just 
he's going to be like a player that just sort of exists because it's like it's like when you buy a house and and in the garage was like some like some like boxes that were left there by the previous owner and they're and they're just there. That's Gregor <laughs> Blanco, and so that's like the engineer guys. I mean, uh, they'll they'll replace him with another fifth outfielder when they stop having to pay him. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I want to change my Lincecum answer. I think he could be uh, like the uh, when Guinan's not there, he could be like the graveyard shift and tend forward. So still he, the he Enterprise could do team. But the, but the, but it it and, was it was a sucky job though because things would only happen in tend forward when Guinan was there. If she wasn't there, nothing interesting would happen there because the other bartender never got involved. Well, I well, that makes it. I don't know. That makes it a pretty good job. No, no bar fights when you're there. You don't have to do anything. You just serve drinks and go go back to your quarters and relax. Yeah, That's but if you're but if you're Whoopi Goldberg, they're not going to kill you in in a random attack, and yeah, then have you, and they they're not going to see your dead body before a commercial break and then forget about your existence. When <laughs> you're when you're the when you're the bartender who's not involved in the storylines, your life is very fragile. That's a good well, point. That was the point of the book, Red Shirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, they might have killed her, but she would have gotten a whole episode about her death. They wouldn't they would kill her, like, before the commercial break, just look at her body and say, okay, now Joey LaForge is going gonna, is gonna to change the deflector dishes and we're going to get 50% more speed, and then we'll never use that again because we forget about it. Right. So that's my problem rewatching Next Generation because if that if they had done an episode where Guinan was killed – or Guinan just like died of natural causes because she's ninety thousand years old. Like then that episode structure is pretty obvious, right? Next generation, you would have had a scene of you would have had the funeral, and then you would have had a, a two person scene, everyone talking about like some moment that Guinan helped them out, and like the it, that would be it. That would be the the stagnant structure of it. And watching that show, that's like oh, every episode starts with I have a problem. Let me go to every member of the crew and talk to them about it. And that's really every Next Generation episode, essentially. Except in the early seasons, when they actually were like a normal television show. And then what it became uh, was just like morality playtime. Uh, but but you know what, what one of those shows should do? They should make like a series of of alternate episodes and don't even mention it. And just kind of casually stick them in among the syndication package, just so people think, "Oh my God, this episode could turn out differently." Uh, <laughs> well, well, that's a good idea for everyone like, to replenish ep- the stock. Yeah, like yeah, like like the episode where they turn into kids. Uh, I actually knew the guy who wrote that, uh, but the episode it was a pretty bad episode. But <laughs> the episode where they became kids, they should have filmed like an alternate reel where they're never not turn into adults again. <laughs> Adult, just, Cap, adult Captain Picard never returned yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, adult, adult Cap, he never returned home. And just just slip that into the syndication package so that someone watching it would just be shocked because that's the problem when you're watching a show for a second time is because you need to be able to kind of suspend your disbelief just enough that it's enjoyable. Like if you're watching Gettysburg again, you have to on some level think, okay, maybe the South will win this time. Just so that there's a little tension to it. Uh, that that would be fun, too, doing an alternate version of Gettysburg with, with the South winning just to upset people and confuse them. 
I think you've just revolutionized television, Dan, by giving uh, people who own content that they syndicate old episodes, repeats. You just gave them new life. Like, yeah, because now people in, will yeah. be like, people won't know which episodes have changed. Like, like Lord of the Rings have the alternate one have like you know Frodo put on the ring and become like a ring wraith or something. This is great, and like the episode where Counselor Troy loses her. Her empathic abilities, they, they never come back. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Deanna Troy, yeah. They, they don't even say Deanna Troy never returned home. Like we just we just just Deanna Troy never regained her ability to have the Deus Ex Machina in the storyline. So we're combining those two great ideas, the quantum leap title card <laughs> after the syndication change. And, you know, just just put it after random things that don't even make sense. Like have it after a baseball game, like you know. Bartolo Colon gets the win. Just go to black. Bartolo Colon never returned home. <laughs> and then just be casual fans will be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Bruce Bochy never double switched again. What? What happened? <laughs> Nobody watched the Phillies again. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really like if you worded it in a certain way, like the white the Chicago White Sox were never seen again. We're like, whoa, holy shit. What a terrible tragedy that would be. Um well, so this is what we do, Dan. Thanks for joining us for this lunacy. Um one thing real quick that I noticed on your bio was that Chips and Dukes of Hazard were your favorite shows as a kid. They were. That is why Zips has the letters that it does. That's right. You wanted to call it had chips. A, yeah, I had I had a little I and a little S. Uh, but, but I I typoed it when I read it. Heard it the first time. And but Jay Jaffe had already picked it up and mentioned Zips. This was in two thousand four. Uh, so I said, okay, screw that. It's it's just a capital S now. Just think about recutting those chips and Dukes of Hazard episodes in the way that you just suggested. Totally Luke new Duke. Life. Luke Duke never returned home. <laughs> like in the middle of a jump, though. Like just cut to black. I'd, I'd also like – it would also be fun to edit like a Dukes of Hazard episode to actually make none of the things all – the, all the midair car jumps like that go into commercial break, never resolve them when you come back. Just continue, <laughs> continue from like a random point like three days later. <laughs> Like, like, like show, show like Luke jumping over the gully in the General Lee, the commercial and, you know, Merle Haggard's like, well, I don't believe he's going to get out of this one. And then, and you cut back and it's just like Uncle Cooter having dinner <laughs> or Cooter having dinner. I'm, I'm confusing Uncle Jesse and Cooter. Just Cooter having dinner and Luke's in jail and, and he's, he's going up for federal charges. Don't explain any of that. I mean, if you just went back, if, if you had never seen the show and you were like nine years old and then it comes back from commercial after the jump and the, or even not commercial, just they cut from the jump to him eating dinner. They're like, is the car going to jump through the, come through the window right now? <laughs> and the, and the, no, actually, actually it showed like the car is just parked outside. Like it, it, just, it landed at some point. We didn't, we didn't want to, we didn't need to waste you with the extraneous details, but he got away from the, from the, from the uh, sheriff. <laughs> and if he if he did it like that, you could have preposterous situations, and then you would never need to resolve them. Uh, so it, it would make it easier to film. Like you could have like 
Boss Hog riding a giraffe while a circus train comes by and then <laughs> cut to the commercial and and they're just hanging out playing catch outside Uncle Jesse's barn or something. I, I would enjoy it if you have the, the generally go into a jump and then you go to commercial and you come back and it's just crashed on the ground and there's like police officers all around it and it's like 20 minutes of them taking notes on the on the like the scene and then the episode ends. <laughs> And, and, and see, what would be fun to do is because I also like – I mean, like, I enjoy Star Trek, but I also enjoy trolling. So one thing I'd love to do <laughs> is – but I would make the scenes purposely uh, inconsistent. <laughs> like, between commercial breaks, like, a desk will be in a different place or, or the monitor will be a slightly different shape. Not enough that it's actually noted by the characters in the storyline, but just change it, like – have Picard wearing like the older uniform after the commercial break <laughs> because the fans watching it would get so mad about it, even though it would have no effect on the plot whatsoever. Just little details like change the General Lee's hubcap slightly midair <laughs> for Dukes of Hazard. You can do all sorts of things. Like- so, like when Picard's getting tortured, he's wearing the season one jumpsuit <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or like. Have uh, have Crusher replaced with Pulaski? Oh, just like scene to scene, <laughs> none of it's ever explained. People will get so mad at that; it would be beautiful. The whole episode when Crusher and Picard are connected telepathically—it's Pulaski. <laughs> <laughs> but but all of Gates McFadden's dialogue, so it just looks like Doctor Pulaski. Have have Riker like his beard come off and go on at different scenes, just have like at different points of the growth <laughs> that are just, just make it just slightly internally inconsistent enough to be annoying. And you can do that with anything. You can do that with baseball games too. You could have just another picture on the mound for no described reason. <laughs> just change that up. All right. Yeah. Like have like, like a no hitter through seven innings and they come back from the commercial break and it's six to six and they just never address it. <laughs> <laughs> What happened? <laughs> well, I I feel like that is a a good expert level troll to leave off on. <laughs> so to end it there, let's leave it there. Um, Dan Zaborski, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been great to ha- having you. I I'm sure you'll never come back, but thank you. I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> I've ever. I don't I don't know if it's because people need material or anything, but almost every radio show or podcast I've done, I've been invited back on, and I've done it again. So well, I only halfway invited you back, so there you go. You can put this as a half. So. How do you halfway invite someone? So because <laughs> I'm, I said it in that kind of cowardly, like I don't know if you'll want to come back. So I was a half. Oh, oh so you, so you're trying to put it on me? So no, no, no. I was say, just trying to be like self-deprecating, like I'm sure you had a terrible time, but we'd love to have you back. It sounds like well, no. Know. If I have a terrible time, I would I would shout a loud expletive and I'd I'd hang up. <laughs> I, I'd make a hang up sound because. On Skype, there's no way you can slam down the phone. And that, also, it would just make that bubbly Skype. sound. It would just make that bubbly sound. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> because that's uh, – I mean that's, that's what we're missing with like the old phones, with, with new phones. The ability to slam down the phone. Uh, and so it's hard to tell when someone's hung up on you. I remember once I was arguing with my girlfriend. Uh, this was years ago. But it was still on Skype. Uh, well, I hung up on her because I was mad. And she called me back because she didn't know if I was disconnected or if I hung up on her. <laughs> so I told her 
Okay, well, every time from now on I hang up on you, I will shout an expletive first so that you know that I'm angry. Because I can't make, like, uh, Skype should have, like, a slamming down the phone button. And then it actually sounds like a, a sound of a phone being slammed down. So instead of this red button with the phone pointed downwards, it should be a red, like, angry face. Well, no, you'd have the red phone for normal, and there'd be, like, some yeah. icons around it. Like, one for slamming it down. Uh, one for just leaving it off the hook and walking away <laughs> and not listening. <laughs> you can do it. It's, it. it's not like we had the technology. It's not I, that hard. I want interrupters for conversations. Like, uh, if someone says something that just outrages you, that you just – it's the sound of utensils clacking against the plate like you're getting up out of the dinner table. Or a record scratch. I want – like <laughs> – like, like that? It, exactly. Exactly. Like Thanksgiving dinner, someone says something and just clank. <laughs> yeah, smash a plate. It. That's it. Yeah. The sound of the desk being flipped over. All right. I want a quarter of every uh, 25 cents from every app of that that you sell. So whoever I'm not, I'm not going to program this, but, <laughs> but it, it is a real concern because the little bloop thing just makes light of the, of the anger. Bloop. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna bloop out of here. Uh, thanks again, Dan. You have uh, you're on Twitter, and that's where most people can uh, be trolled by you. So, how can they find you on Twitter? They you can find know. me at Twitter at d s z y m b o r s k i. If you are Canadian or English for some reason, that is s z y m b o r s k i. You can find my work at espn.com. You can find weekly chats and projections over at fangraphs.com. That's spelled like the word fan and the word graphs put together. And you have a gaming Twitter account, I believe, too. Since we I talked do, so much about but it. I am very poor at at using two Twitter accounts with <laughs> contrasting goals. So my main account is, is, when it comes down to it, my gaming account. But it's okay because since I'm getting paid for it, it's official and I can do that. Fair enough. Uh, and as you don't, if you don't already know, I'm at every sixth day. And Doug? I am at Moonwalk McFly. And every week we ask for your Twitter questions and you can at us and you can ask us anything and we'll answer whatever we feel like we used to answer anything but now it's whatever i feel like or don't uh thanks again for listening we'll be back next week <laughs>